about death because it seems like it's sort of in my environment at the moment. My neighbours just died. Um, Reese, he had cancer. Um, he was um, not old, not young. I'd say in his sixties. Um, he had a lot of cancer, so he decided to stop, you know, living. Uh, I don't blame him. Uh, he, he wasn't having a very good time for about probably the whole time I've been living next door to him and longer, like, he was living, I've been living here for six years, so um, it's a long time to not be enjoying your life and then of course that turns into illnesses, I think, I mean, I don't want to say that for sure, but I think if you spend every day not wanting to be alive, then you will eventually get your wish. Um, but I'm kind of torn between thinking that we have influence over these things and thinking that we plan it all before we even get here, get born. You know, like, I, I, I have this feeling that we know, a soul knows, like, who it chooses, who it's going to be born to, um, <laughs> like, you go, okay, those are going to be my parents, that's going to be my, my path here, and then, okay, I'm going to die that way, I, I think that might be how it works, so I'm not really sure how much influence we have over these things at all, like, did, did, did Reese always know that he wasn't going to um, enjoy his life at the end? I mean, do people not enjoy their lives so they will actually want to die? Because otherwise, if we were just all really happy, then we wouldn't want to die. Um, I, I don't really know. Um, I don't know everything, obviously, about life or because <laughs> that's the other thing is I think that when you um, can't learn anymore here or you can't there's nothing left for you to do then you die so obviously I'm still here so I don't know everything and I still have more to do uh, perhaps but um you know, like, people find death really hard to understand, especially when it's somebody they really love, um, family member, parent, um, you, you know, a partner, whatever, like, but if you could look at it from the perspective that they didn't have anything left to do here or learn here, then 
they go back to being part of the source, you know, part of energy, and then if they want to, they can come back another time, uh, or thousands of times. Um, I think people come here because they want to feel things really strongly. Um, I think when you're just energy or your spirit or whatever, you you can see everything so clearly, like the overview, the perspective on everything, that you don't feel things as, as sort of viscerally as we do here on Earth. Um, like we really experience strong, intense emotions here, like falling in love or pain, fear, um, mourning, grief, all of these emotions that we feel are very um, big emotions and uh, I think that's why people come here um, to feel things. It's like we're all gods and then we, well we are all god energy and we're like part of one big whole thing and we come back to this planet to be little, you know, light, beacons of light within a bigger whole big light and maybe to illuminate other people, maybe that's why, um, I don't really know. But I know that people find death really hard to take or to understand when, say, you've got a parent who has died and they have children, like even young children, um, you think, well, how can that be right? You know, how can that be fair? How can a, a child have no parent because what I'm saying about people having no more things to learn or do here, um, you know, surely having a child to raise is a lot of learning and doing and teaching and all of that, but what about if the soul of that child knew that that parent was going to go when they were 11 or 15 or you know, however old, seven, I don't know, um, what if that child knew that and they, they chose that path for themselves, for their own betterment and development and for their own feeling and so they could develop more empathy or become stronger, well, what about that, you know? So, how can we know what is a blessing? How can we know that all these incredibly hard things don't bring us some amazing, um, you know, things on our path? And how can we know that we are <laughs> not on the right path? just because something bad has happened, it doesn't mean that, you know, um, 
lots of bad things happen on your path but they always shape you and direct you in a direction that you probably weren't going in before like before the bad thing happened to you so um isn't that still a miracle like isn't that part of a miracle even pain and tragedy like <laughs> you know I, I like to look at everything like it's just one big miracle that's my thing you know and so I try to see what the pain is teaching me or giving me that I wouldn't have had before and it's pretty hard and you know things like um, meditation help with that I was talking about that last time if you quiet your mind then you can be in a better position to receive the messages that you need to receive from your soul or from your intuition or from you know the greater consciousness etc if you're in a quiet place and uh, meditation certainly has changed my life for the better in, in that way because I used to have a lot of fear and I wouldn't have any way of turning it off or um, quieting it, quieting, quieting it down so when I started meditating I was able to um, turn off the undesirable thoughts and start to hear or feel the real things that I needed to hear or receive so um, yeah one of one of those big painful things that's very hard to turn off is, is death and um, I mean of other people like if it was your death you'd be feeling fine believe me you'd be okay you wouldn't be upset um, people think souls are like some people think souls are like trapped and they're scared and they don't know what to do or where to go that's all bogus that's I'm sorry if you think that it's not true souls know exactly what to do and where to go when they go they don't have any um, problems knowing what to do and people um, other souls beings they help them so you as a human you can't do anything to help a soul who has passed other than not clinging to the idea that they are suffering <laughs> and also not clinging to um, of course grief grieving is really important but not not clinging to the idea of the the loss because the the main thing I think that a soul feels when it goes is 
that they don't want their family to be unhappy and grieving and feeling like they have lost them because they actually haven't, they're just in another layer, in another place that we can't see with our eyes, with our physical eyes, you know, but we can see if we quiet our mind again, meditation, we can reach through to hear or see um, otherworldly things and you can tell when someone is trying to communicate with you if you are open and aware of these things like um, moths always come to me after souls have gone or even slightly before souls have gone which makes me think that souls don't necessarily follow a linear timeline with bodies and that your soul could be partially like here partially there I, I even wonder if you could be um, existing in multiple dimensional time space realities at the same time or like a fragment of you is here, another part is there, I don't know, because I'm only a human being, and I've only got a tiny human brain, and, you know, all of the knowledge that I have has come from being quiet with my brain, and, you know, receiving messages, and also listening to other people who talk on these topics uh, of, you know, otherworldly beings, and, and then when what they say sort of resonates with what I think, then that's, uh, n you know, not a confirmation, but yeah, kind of a confirmation of, well, what you're thinking is on the right track anyway, so, um, uh, I feel like I should share something personal with you all, which is that over the past, uh, I guess, three, four years, um, I've lost um, three friends to suicide and two friends to um, accidental overdose, shall we say. Um, and my grandpa, who was like my dad, and um, my dog, who I had him from when he was born, I saw him be born, and he was like my son, um, and, you know, it, it's been a lot of loss in the past three or four years, and, um, I've, I've noticed with the people who have gone a lot of different reactions and responses from my friends. Um, I'd just like to say because, you know, I've told people this previously and they say, oh, you should get a different group of friends or, gee, your friends are really depressed. 
Well, it's like, um, actually those people, all of those people were from separate kind of friend groups. They weren't all from the same friend group or anything. It's not like people are, I'm running with a bad crowd, shall we say, and people keep dying. No, these are just all separate people who were hurting and needing some sort of outlet to deal with that that they couldn't find um, here on earth and yeah so I've noticed the responses from my friends various responses I had one friend after our friend killed himself um, thinking that he my friend was very distressed thinking that he was trapped in his body and didn't know how to get out of his body, like free himself from his, from his dead body and like that he was sad, stuck in his um, like coffin for a few days before the you know, and stuff, and she, she was very distressed by this idea, and she, she thought that she had to do all kinds of things, and rituals, and everything, <laughs> I, I'm not laughing at her, it's, it's terrible, because she was suffering, like, just so much, because she believed that he was suffering, and, and I was just unable to, um, tell her, that that's just not the case like he was totally free and the only thing which would have caused him suffering was to see how much she was suffering about him and that's really the worst thing I think because um, my other friend he killed himself and he had an 11 year old son and I think uh, with him, my friend, um, he was so unhappy for so long that he wasn't able to see or figure out the way to get out of that pain here on earth. He wasn't going to be able to figure that out so that goes back to my thing of I think we go when we don't have any more to learn or do here. He couldn't get any further in that body that he was in. But of course, do you think that that helps his 11 year old son um, to feel any better? Probably, probably not. Probably not for a long time either is, you know, I'm not going to use any names, but that boy, it's going to change his life forever, and um, it will probably take him a long time to have an understanding of what has happened and why it happened, and, um, but those are the experiences that shape us into who we are as people, and those are the experiences which make us become more than we would have been if we had not had that experience. Um, so that boy, he's going to have an extraordinary life because 
of this um, and that is his blessing um, I think it was Mike Dooley who I really dig who's a really cool onto it guy and he does the notes from the universe and he said something like um, whatever is your deepest like scar pain that is your greatest gift you can give to the world will come from that something like that and and also Rumi said the 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 scar or the tear is where the light gets in um, these two things are are true when we have these experiences which we can't understand or can't um, you know put in a little box or tidy and make sense of them they they change our lives um, and it's it's our choice how we allow them to change us because some people could um, be changed in a negative way because of these experiences of course they could become very bitter and, and not understand the world and curse their life and existence and you know just spend all their time hating on things and all that being angry but um, at the end of the day there's no growth there's no growth in if you stay there you can feel like that if you need to because grief is a very long process and uh, you you know you have stages of grief you go through stages um, so of course you know anger and blaming everyone is a stage of grief and then um, but you need to come out of it eventually and transform it into something better uh, I'm going to take a little break now and uh, I guess I'll put my new song in <laughs> this is the way of this podcast um, this song is called uh, ameliorate which I thought meant something else completely I think I was getting confused with eviscerate ameliorate does not um, have they are not similar <laughs> um, also the lyrics to this song are by my friend Sam King who is uh, does sort of hip-hop R&B and I asked him for some hip-hoppy lyrics <laughs> to make a song out of just on a whim so this is my new song ameliorate which you can actually buy on Bandcamp it's uh, Frankie and the Flamethrowers on Bandcamp it's probably just that's the the like web thing as well <laughs> Frankie and the Flamethrowers dot Bandcamp dot com uh, anywho um, yeah, break time. <laughs> 
welcome back now um okay so i've had quite a few like i guess freaky after like um after death experiences um well certainly not my death after death but other people's after death experiences um okay so for instance like um one of my friends who just recently killed themselves um he went missing for a month before he did that um and he was you know missing so nobody knew where he was and his family was looking for him, the cops were looking for him and everything. Um, I had this feeling, like this feeling I should go and look in a particular place for him. Um, n not because it was a place where we had ever been together or um, I'd never heard him mention this place to me or it wasn't a common place that people would be hanging out. Um, I just had a feeling I should go to that place to look for him. Um, now, I didn't. <laughs> so, um, I didn't go and look for him there. Uh, but many nights I thought, oh, you should go look there for him. Uh, I don't know why I thought go to that place. Anyway, that's later where they found him where he had gone to do that um to end his life so you know i don't know whether my impulse to go find him there was stifled by the fact that um i didn't want to be finding him dead or whether i'm just a procrastinator and i should have gone there to look for him i can't know what i did was not go so I didn't go <laughs> so um and another experience that i had was um with my grandpa um when he died um uh the the, the night before because well, i'm in new zealand and he was in england um the night before when i was falling asleep uh I got this this song came into my head which was a song I hadn't heard since I was a teenager and um, it was a pretty obscure song because um, what's it called um, sky sky boat this the sky boat song um, it's like a Celtic um, see, because when I was a teenager, I had a stepfather who played the bagpipes, and he told me that um, he would pay me to learn how to play the bagpipes. So I tried to learn the bagpipes for a little while, um, and the song was uh, one of the songs that I actually could play on the bagpipes a bit, uh, but not on the bagpipes. I have to mention that if you're learning the bagpipes you don't start on bagpipes you start on this thing called a chanter which is like the 
the fluty the flute part of the bagpipes without the bag um <laughs> so anyway so i could play the skyboat song on the chanter and um basically uh so i got the song stuck in my head like as i was falling asleep or not stuck in my head i was falling asleep and the the song came into my head and I th was drifting off and I thought that's weird I haven't thought about that song for absolutely <laughs> years how random um, and then like asleep and then I woke up the next day and I go to the supermarket and there's a busker who I've never seen there because uh, you know people busk but I'd never seen this busker before and um, she was a very um, beautiful girl um, blonde hair blue-eyed woman um, and basically she was playing um, of all the songs that she could possibly be playing, she was playing the Skyboat song. <laughs> and um, I was, like, as I was leaving the supermarket, um, I heard her singing this song and I just went, what? like that I haven't how could she be playing that song um, and this this is just a few hours before my grandpa was dead because he died in the in like 4am or something and this was probably um, 1 1am 1 England time when I was at the supermarket so this is before he has died then I get the news that he has died and um, so that happened and then like a couple of days later I was sort of puzzling over why did that happen with the the skyboat song coming into my head and the busker was so weird I was puzzling over this thing so I googled um, the skyboat song and the lyrics um, were exactly like my grandpa's life and it was like a message in first person from my grandpa it was like he was talking to me everything that it said in the song was perfect um, from him like for him pertinent to him and it was just as if he was sending me a message to say don't worry <laughs> so um, you know that that sort of stuff happens all the time um, you, you know like uh, 
there's so many experiences like that that I've had. I could talk, I could tell you more, um, but I, I don't know if, like, I don't want this to become, like, um, like, ghost story time, but oh, I'll tell you kind of a funny, a funny one. Um, I think I saw a ghost cat before. Um, my neighbors used to have this cat called Cleo, who was a Siamese, and she used to come to visit me, um, because they were at work a lot, and I don't know if you know Siamese cats, but they're very social, and they don't like to be left alone, so if you have a Siamese cat, or in fact any cat, please don't leave your cat, like, locked in your house with no friends or nothing to do all day because it's it's not kind uh, it's not kindness to do that to an animal they're, they're the same as us they they like to have friends and um, things to look at that are different that change every day and you know um, e external stim <laughs> is is the phrase like if your external stimulation like if your external environment doesn't change um it's very hard on a person like it gets really boring when you look at the same four walls every day and nothing changes in your environment so it's the same for an animal and uh, anyhow, so back to the story of the neighbor's cat. So, so the neighbor's Siamese cat was like mm, 16 or something. So, so she would come over and hang out. And um, the neighbor said to us, like, don't let her come and hang out. And we were like, but she's just lonely. And they were like, okay, well, don't feed her. And just, you know, she can hang out, but don't feed her. And we were like, okay, cool deal no problems there we're not feeding your cat we're just hanging out with your cat because like Cleo would come over and hang out with the, our dogs and our cats uh and so and us and so sh she was just having a nice time like hanging out we weren't trying to entice her to live with us or anything we just being her friend <laughs> so so anyway so the neighbors were like don't don't uh do this and that so so that was fine I understand people get scared they're gonna lose their pet whatever um so the woman started like locking Cleo in their house so that Cleo couldn't come over um to visit and then, then that was really shitty because one day the alarm went off like all day long because Cleo had obviously triggered the alarm and so she was stuck in the house with this insane piercing screaming noise um like intermittently going off every five minutes or something like all day long uh, it would have been like the worst kind of mental torture i can't even imagine anyway um that's not really part of the story so this the neighbor um moved away i, d I don't think it had anything to do with us or Cleo it was just an event that happened she moved away um to a, 
an apartment somewhere and the other neighbor um, I asked him hey where is Cleo and he said oh she's moved to an apartment um, downtown <laughs> and so so that was cool um, so that was as far as I was concerned Cleo was gone from our lives um, about a couple of months after that, I saw Cleo um, sitting in their doorway of their house, looking all happy and pleased. And um, I thought, oh, that's nice. Like, um, Grant, the other neighbor, must be cat sitting Cleo, um, obviously, because she was sitting there in the doorway. So I was like, oh, yay, that's nice, because she looked really happy. Um, and, you know, it was only like, I don't know, four meters away from me. So I could clearly see she was there. And I think I said, hi, Cleo, and everything like that. So, um, so that made me feel happy that I you know, that she looked good and was looking healthy and thrilled about things. So the next time I talked to Grant, I said, hey, it was nice to see Cleo. Were you babysitting, pet-sitting her? And he looked at me all weird and he said, um, Cleo died about maybe three weeks after they moved. I can't remember the woman's name. And I was just like, but I just saw her. Like, I just saw her though. <laughs> and, and he was just like, I don't, I don't know what to say because she's not alive. <laughs> and I was like, okie dokie, did you have another Siamese cat visiting you in the last few weeks? And he was like, mm, not that I know of. <laughs> and I was totally wigged out. <laughs> I was, I was freaking, because I saw a ghost cat. I mean, I, I went through all the other possibilities, like, okay, so there was another Siamese cat just happened to be sitting in the doorway of their house, the open doorway, looking out the door like she owned the place, looking exactly like Cleo, who I'd known for, you know, I think a year, two years. I knew what she looked like. Um, you could say Siamese cats all look similar. Yeah, sure, but um, do they sit in random people's doorways looking out the door looking like they own the place um at random times uh when you've never seen any other Siamese cats on the street in fact there were none uh how do you explain that you can't right like you can go through a multitude of possibilities um but what is the answer there? I would love to hear people's theories on this, but unfortunately, because this is a podcast, I literally have no idea how 
people can comment or talk to me about it. I guess you could like email me at the girl who was afraid of moths at gmail.com if you want to and tell me what your theories are about what other possible uh, cat scenarios there could be other than me having seen a ghost cat. So, um, I've, yeah, I've had other experiences like that in my life too, but like, let's just leave it at that for now. Now, I just want to, I'm going to say the end soon, but I just want to talk about suicide before that. Um, if, if anyone out there is thinking of doing that, um, all I can say to you is like, um, you don't, you maybe you don't care about yourself right now today um but you don't know what that's going to do to your family and friends and if you don't think that they care and if you think oh no one will care it doesn't matter blah 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 no it will rip your everyone apart it will rip them apart and it will take them so long to heal and you will be wherever you are in spirit looking at them going oh my god I did that to them and it's not going to be fun for anyone so don't do it and also the other thing is yeah things might be really bad today so just go to sleep or something and then tomorrow something better might happen and if something better doesn't happen tomorrow then you know the next day something better might happen and you know, you're, you're going to die anyway. You've you, you got maybe like a hundred years, if you're lucky, here, tops. You're going to die. So just, you know, get busy with living now. Even if you feel like your life's really mundane or you don't have any purpose or there's nothing that you're particularly doing, you are making um, a, a, a difference. You are. Like... You don't know how much other people care or, you know, appreciate you being here. So just, if you're feeling like that, just delay, delay, delay. <laughs> don't do it. it. It really messes with everyone. And also, um, what's the other thing? Oh, it doesn't end anything. You'll just end up coming back and you'll have the same lessons to deal with. You'll still have the same hurdles um you, you know you won't get to just have your eternal sleep that you think you're gonna have it's not you won't so just don't kill yourself because um it's not the right way to do things if if we like could if we could see on a timeline like all of the amazing things that were going to happen to us like in the future if if we stayed alive you wouldn't want to kill yourself so um just imagine that you can see on a timeline all of the amazing things that are going to happen to you in the future and then just you know stay here wait eat some mashed potatoes like that will help um have a juice like just go and lie in, a, in, in the grass if you don't have grass just go and lie on your floor and just like 
put your hands on your stomach and just feel your um, like breathing, like feel your stomach expand with air and just know like, okay, I'm doing something here. Like I am here for something. There's something I have to do or learn. That's why I'm still here. So I'm gonna do it and learn it and yeah, it's I'm in pain, etc. But that's not gonna remain. That's the thing. No feeling, emotion, or state remains. So happiness doesn't remain, and pain doesn't remain, and sadness doesn't remain, and grief doesn't remain, and um, none of the states that you find yourself in as a human being are permanent states that is the other great thing about life is that it constantly is changing so um whatever you're feeling right now will pass um that's the thing and it might take some time but it will so um just yeah hang in there and uh you know i'll if you've got nothing else to hang on for, I'll put out another podcast quite soon. <laughs> I don't know what it will be about. Maybe if you're emailing me about cat, possible cat scenarios, you could um, email me some topic suggestions for a podcast because um, I don't really know. Like, <laughs> I don't know what people want to hear about. So let me know. Okay, bye.